In this episode, we talk about the value of good questions and being open to critique. Welcome to Colored by Design. This discussion series looks at design issues through a uniquely biased lens. Our hope is to empower a new breed of creative as they enter into, mature, and navigate through the business world. I'm Corwin, Senior Global Creative Director. And I'm Jesse, Senior Experience Designer. Let's get into it. Hey man, how's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> good to see you. Good to see you. Long time no see. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, I like the hair. Thank you. So we were discussing the value of good questions. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, good questions. I mean, whether you're building out a project or you're seeking advice yeah. or you're proposing ideas to, to team members or, you know, potential partners, I think asking the right questions is, is huge, you know? Yeah. It keeps I, you sharp. I think that that's one of the things that is overlooked oftentimes how important it is to have people who could challenge you critically on your Absolutely. ideas. Um, and you can sometimes end up in a trap where everyone says your ideas are fine or like, Oh, that's great. Cool. And then you're just waiting for like, give me something, give me something I can work with. Give me feedback. What do you think about this? Right. Should I do something differently? You know, am I out here on this Island alone? Right. Um, and it can be really difficult to then be like, okay, Especially as you mature in your, your career and you're expected to be the expert about something. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, you're being paid to be the expert and you are the expert. That doesn't mean that you don't need to be challenged on, on things. Absolutely. I was talking to a guy at work. We have a, uh, a lot of companies, you know, we just all kind of come under this new company umbrella. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of designers around the world. Yeah. So they're trying to do this buddy program where you talk to other, you know, other designers just to kind of get to know them, bring them up to speed on what you're working on, kind of help try to unify the teams across continents. Yeah. I had a great conversation with a guy, but we talked about, we're not trying to be right. Yeah. There's still a lot of people that are trying to be right. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting point in your career where you get to this place like, dude, I'm not trying to be right. I can go home and be right by myself all day. Yeah. But I'm trying to solve the problem and get a collective team win. Yeah. And I don't want what we produce to be wrong because it's going to negatively impact other people. Right. Whether it's the business, whether it's our customers, whether it's our perception. Yeah. I, my opinion doesn't matter. I want to make sure if I throw an idea out there, help me. Like I said, I love what you're saying. Challenge the idea. Yeah. Poke holes in it so we can either shore them up and either it's going to reveal two things. One, it's a terrible idea. Throw it out. Yeah. Or it's a good idea with some some holes in it that we need to we yeah. need to fix, you know? Yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's been really interesting um, just to kind of consider the value that's there. And, you know, I, I, maybe in my mind, I, I might have overlooked that at, at some point. But um, overlooked what? Just just this idea that the the challenge is actually what's great about being able to design mm. because you're able to. A lot of people when they're sitting at a table, we we might be sitting with five or six people and we're all talking about something, and we can come to some sort of consensus or what we think is a consensus, mm-hmm. um, but we don't have anything tangible to look at and say like this is what I mean. Right. Uh, and the power that design has is to take that conversation that's been happening, put your best understanding of it onto a piece of paper, onto something tactical and tangible, um, and then bring that back and say, hey, is this what we meant? And oftentimes it's not anything close to what they meant initially. Right. Um, but you can't come to that space unless you go through the process of creating something to critique. Totally. So so we're talking, the way we got on this conversation, we're just talking about you know dealing with um, 
people that you you interface with, you know, seeking counsel, whether it's with a, a law firm or it's with an accounting firm or it's, you know, you have advisors on your projects that you're working with or other subject matter experts that you're collaborating with. And, um, you know, I was I was I was working on a project with a with a friend of mine and we talked through this idea. We put something on paper. Yeah. We had it in a presentation and uh, we were being interviewed by this this writer asking us some questions. Yeah. And I started sharing with them about this particular idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, my buddy, he's like, hey, um, Stone, don't forget, it's really not this. It's really that. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So here's two people that are completely unified on a concept, on a mm-hmm. strategy, on a, on a way you can do this thing. Yeah. And, and we get questions from a third party. Yeah. And I answered that third party with my perception of what I thought me and my friend were completely in agreement on. Mm-hmm. And then he came and said, oh, no, no, no. Remember, this is really not that kind of a tool. It really is a tool to facilitate this. Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're so right. Yeah. But I was thinking about it from a, let's call it a consumer perspective. Mm-hmm. He was thinking about it from a business administrator perspective. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So I love the questions. It wasn't like, oh, he and I were at odds or we had this big blowout. It was like, oh, no, dude, you're right. I'm looking at it through the wrong lens. You're looking at it through the right lens. And, okay, I need to change my way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Still a great idea. Still a great solution. Nothing changed about the thing on the paper. But the interpretation of it and the value of it and its purpose got clarified, which was super helpful. Yeah, I think that's some sort of combination of culture and maturity of the individual designer. And I think there's two parts there. Um, You can be in cultures where you are expected to bring answers to the table Mm -hmm. um, and where being wrong is kind of looked down upon. And, you know, if you're ever wrong, you will never be listened to again. So you have to say, I'm the expert. I know everything that I'm talking about. Um, and maybe you want to attach some accolades to your name or attach some uh, letters to, to the front of the back of your name to kind of bring yourself some relevance in that space. Right. Um, because you don't feel that you can be safe in being wrong. Right. Um, and so that's one thing that I, I, I feel um, you want to be on the lookout for and understand that it's more healthy to be in a culture where you're expected to bring the right questions to the table as opposed to answers. And that's something that I've kind of come to realize um, over the past year or so is that it's often more valuable to be the person who's asking the right question than it is to be the person who has all the answers. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. So, no, I I totally agree. I think that... um, you know, as we were driving over here today, I was dropping off my little girl, right? And we were we were heading to her uh, her dance class, and traffic is crazy. And I said, hey, you know, I'm kind of preparing them for, like, what is, um, you know, what is it going to be like when you start driving? Yeah. And so I was trying to give her some traffic tips. And, and I said, uh, which way should we go? Should we get off now or should we stay on the freeway? Yeah. And she was like, well, I don't know. I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. I said, it's cool. You're going to be driving. You're going to be on the spot all the time. She's like, well, I don't want to be wrong. I was like what's wrong with being wrong? Yeah. You know, she's like, well, well, if I'm wrong, you know, I could like go the wrong way. It's like, if you're wrong and you go the wrong way, guess what you will have done? You will have learned something. Yeah. And you won't go the wrong way next time or you'll make a different decision before or you have some history or experience. I said, there's nothing wrong with being wrong. Yeah. I'm wrong all the time, you know? So it's, uh, I think, I think we have to get our right, the right perspective. And I think if you change your mindset and say, I don't have to be right. I love what you said. Asking the right questions is really what we should be 
focused on, yeah. you know, just starting a conversation, starting a dialogue is extremely valuable to executive leadership. It's valuable to your clients. It's valuable to people you might be trying to help. No one's saying you have to have the answers. Yeah. But starting the conversation is huge. Yeah. I think it's important that um, we as designers don't forget how important critique is to our work. Totally do. Um, I am. People have gotten afraid of critique. Yeah. They get all thin skinned and bent out of shape. Yeah. I've been um, reading a biography. Uh, I'm really into architecture. And right now I'm reading a Louis Kahn biography. Mm-hmm. Um, Louis Kahn is a, an American architect who is notable for uh, the Kimball Art Museum here in Fort Worth or here in Dallas um, and a few other buildings, the Extra Library. Um, a few buildings. I mean, but many people know who he is. But one of the really interesting interesting things about the way that he worked was he thrived off of dialogue. He wanted to be challenged. He wanted to be in conversation with someone really deeply around these concepts that he's working on. And often he would complete an architectural plan, completely revise it, and then completely revise it again. Mm. Um, Many of his masterworks uh, were executed on the third kind of architectural plan, complete architectural plan. Love it. And I found that to be really fascinating because, you know, his work could not thrive as if he was a, you know, a genius on the mountaintop coming down and saying, you know, all with a tablet that says, this is what it is. Right. Uh, he needed to be around the people who in, uh, encouraged him creatively and inspired him and challenged him. Um, and it's important to build a strong critique culture where you feel that it's okay for you to be wrong about what you're building or for you to have missed things. Um, but what you bring to the table and starting that conversation is what's valuable. And then your ability to take what you hear and the feedback from the ideas of other people and iterate uh, on that thing is really the process of design. And I think oftentimes that can be lost. I, I think so. And I think that, um, you know, we, we went to, uh, we went to Cuba mm-hmm. last week, and really cool country. <clears throat> but you can see the influence in, of, of American money that was really, really heavy, like down through the the early, you know, part of the uh, of the nineteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. It built that that it built that country, especially mm-hmm. Havana, the the capital city. And it's a super cool city. The architecture, though, is you know like from the you know third twenties, thirties, forties, right? And but it's good stuff. It's timeless stuff. Yeah, it just happens to be old and kind of you know you know kind of you know in need of repair in some places, but super cool. But but I say that, and even the cars, right? Yeah. Everybody knows that Cuba has all these old cars, fifty-two Bel Airs and fifty-three Chevys and all this, that, and the other. But yeah. when America pulled out, you know, their support of the country, things stopped. Yeah. So. As a designer, look around your city, look around your town, look around your neighborhood, go back to where you're from, go to where your grandparents are from. Yeah. And I guarantee you, majority of what is made that city charming or made that city iconic is stuff that was built a very long time ago mm-hmm. and it'll probably be here for another hundred years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going to your Louis Kahn example, I like let's say that I'm going to put myself in Louis Kahn's position and say, hey, dude, I need this to be the best it can be because it's not going to come down next to never. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to stand here for 100, 200, maybe even longer years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you need to think about that when you're building anything, whether it's a, a, a product, an application. You need to think, especially on, like, say, like the enterprise level. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you put certain software into certain government organizations or, um, for example, met the lady. Uh, she was an inventor at IBM. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that created the black and green screens where they're like doing, you know, um, like, 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 like stock trading, mm-hmm. American Airlines, you know, when you get your ticket and you kind of see that old green screen stuff. Yeah. She invented that. Wow. Right? She invented that stuff, I don't know how long ago, call it 20, 30 years ago. Probably 30 or 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's still there today. Yeah. And it's not going to change for probably a lot longer because yeah. it's, a, 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 it's a key part of their infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So what you design today, let people challenge it. Yeah. Let people critique it. Let people break it down. And then you build it back up. So that you can make sure it's timeless and it's really addressing all the issues that it needs to address and solving all the problems for the current users and future users. Yeah. You know, um, really don't be afraid of a critique. Don't be afraid of somebody poking holes in your ideas. You have to get to the point. Sure. At a brainstorming level, dude, I'm just thinking. Right. I'm just putting things together. I'm trying to understand the market. I'm trying to understand the problem. I'm trying to understand potential solutions, technologies, opportunities, et cetera. Okay, I've cobbled it together. Now it's in some sort of form that I'm willing to let other people look at it and say, hey, here was the problem that I was trying to solve. Yeah. Here were the criteria by which I was going about building XYZ solution that's before you. Mm-hmm. Cool. What do you guys think? Here. And get your notepad out and be vulnerable and open yourself up to the critique, to the conversation. Yeah. And listen when somebody says, oh, it doesn't do this. Oh, good point. Scribble, scribble, scribble. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, it doesn't do that. Oh, hey, let me give you a clarifying point. It wasn't meant to do that. Right. It was meant to do this. So based on that information, I'd still like to hear what else you have to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It wasn't meant to fly. No, it was never meant to fly. Okay, great. Well, then, okay, then that's a different way. I'll look at it differently. Okay, great. Right. Be open to it. You know? Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about architecture, and I, I love your call out of, of monuments, um, because so often in our world, in the software world, the things that we build are pretty can be pretty transient, you know, here one day and, and gone the next. Yeah. Um, less so when you're working on an enterprise level or to your point, like on a government level, um, those things can last for years. And we've spoken before about how um, the bad deci- the decisions that you as a designer come into a space and you're like, uh, why is this like this? I have to redo everything. Well, right. somebody before you was in that same position and their decisions are what you're working with now. Right. Um, but in architecture, I feel like the best architecture does stand for decades if not centuries and it it remains relevant because of how many stakeholders it had to go through to get built Mm. for something to go from an architectural plan to an actual building it has to go through you know a client it has to go through an engineering team maybe multiple engineering teams builders uh the city ordinances uh, the, the the public can right, often have sure. input on, on what's happening there. And then you have to work with all of these multifaceted systems to really create. So it's a very collaborative thing. And yeah. the best architects are the ones who can take all of this varied input and all these different stages and engineering requirements for um, making something habitable. or ADA requirements for, oh, there has to actually be ramps here. Maybe that wasn't in your design. They have to consider that. There has to be elevators here. There's all these different stakeholders that have to come to the table and agree on, okay, this is, or or you have to meet all of those needs. And that's why um, when you're able to persevere and work through all those things, you can create these things that will stand the test of time. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think one thing that you just said that really got me thinking is that um, 
you know, um, you know, what what what's really what's really fascinating is when you think about the the idea of a of a critique, right? Mm-hmm. And why do people not want to let other people critique them? They don't want to let other people critique them. In some ways, they don't want their feelings to get hurt. Right. Okay. And you brought up a very good point about architecture having to go through all these committees, all this collaboration, engineers, city, clients, blah, 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 politics, everything. It's ridiculous. Architects, as an example, have to be extremely strong, extremely thick skinned, Mm -hmm. extremely diligent and persuasive and they have to take off their artistry hat and put on a business hat. They have to put on that engineering hat. They have to put on that historian's hat. Right. And they have to fight for years to get stuff built, considered right. and through. And if you find yourself frustrated or giving up or, dare I say, whining about, they wouldn't listen to me. They wouldn't pick my blue button over the orange button or whatever mm-hmm. jive little come on man uh, you gotta recognize that there are people that have a bigger stake in this thing than just making it look XYZ right you know what I mean so um, think about that architect think about those people that have to do things at a grand scale millions and millions of dollars on the line and and tons and tons of social and civil impact and and think about that as you're kind of, you know, tackling your next challenge and where you might feel a little reserved with letting letting people in. Yeah, I think that accepting that I think that accepting that other people have a bigger stake in what you're building than you do is kind of a really freeing way to look at what you're creating. Um, when you realize that you are not the sole responsible party for making something a reality, you are much more likely to want to collaborate with people. Um, it's like, hey, this is a team effort. And that's so cliche to say um, we all want to feel like we have agency and we have control over what we're doing mm-hmm. and we have a point of view that we want to get across. And we are all hired at our various jobs for our talents. Um, but often, you know, you are there to inspire other people to, to have ideas and come back to you at it's not um, solely up to you to make the best thing happen. And, and if you can kind of come to that realization, I think it will affect your design process by making you want to be more open. Totally. Absolutely. No, I, I agree. It's, 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 <clears throat> I had a, uh, a recent situation that was, you know, I'm in a position nowadays where I have decided I'm going to push people that don't want to be pushed mm-hmm. because it's really for the greater good of the larger organization. It's for the greater good of the larger task at hand. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have a series of processes that I'm like, okay, there's room for improvement and streamlining the way people interact with us as an organization to make it just better for all involved. Right. Uh, better for the business, better for the, the customers, better for the end users of our product. And so uh, I recently received a uh, communication where somebody was, I could tell in the tone of the, the message mm-hmm. that they were like, hey, what's this initiative? I understand that you're kind of pushing forward. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Hey, what do you think? who do you think you are? Kind of, kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I, I don't think it was really like that. But, you know, you can kind of sense a little bit of, 
I'm questioning. You and I have been there on right. numerous occasions where we'll call a meeting and they're like, hey, why are you calling this meeting? Right. It's like, because I need to talk to other people mm-hmm. and open up this idea to critique. That's why I'm calling this meeting. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but nevertheless, uh, so I, you know, this individual sent me a message and I replied to their message and they said, oh, I appreciate your response because that's not what I was thinking you meant when I heard you were working on this thing. Right. Then I said, great, let's put some time on the calendar so we can talk and you can hear my inflection mm-hmm. and you can kind of <laughs> get a sense of what I'm really saying Yeah. and how I have no concern about your line of business because I'm sure once we start surfacing all these areas that we're trying to improve, you'll recognize that your area, of, you know, your line of business overlaps with other lines of businesses and you see areas where you have wanted to probably improve it, but yeah. you know, you hadn't really made it a priority because you were, you know, heads down knocking out your part, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was great because after that initial correspondence came my way, I replied with a very, very uh, pleasant message because I had no Ill, Ill will or ill intent to anybody. I'm solely trying to help our organization be the best it can be. Mm-hmm. And then that individual and I had a great conversation and, and we were both able to walk away with clarity, understanding. And again, out of it came that person was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let, get back to me. Let me know how that's going because I have some ideas on where I can X, Y, Z. I'm like, great. Sounds good. I mean, I'm not spearheading it. Yeah. I'm just one that maybe introduced the conversation to the group and then we passed it off to this team to spearhead it so that it could stay on task. But yeah, that's great. You know, so we left the conversation where it started out where it had a, a hint of uh, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? Right. Um, and it came around to, yeah, I think this is great and I think we can really do a lot with this. Yeah. yeah and I think that Uh, There was a story on design Twitter um, that outlines what happens when there are individuals who aren't interested in that collaboration. uh, Who who are not interested? Who are not interested. No, and it was actually related to um, Google Plus. Oh, I just sent you the link to the story. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, But Google Plus was recently um, shuttered finally because uh, there was a, a data um, exposure, not breach. People were initially reporting it as a breach, but it wasn't a breach, it was just exposed. And we all know that it's been dead for years and years and years. Right. So um, a designer who worked on the Google Plus project named Morgan Knudsen had uh, posted a thread on Twitter about mm-hmm. his experiences in working on the Google Plus team. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> it was interesting an interesting read for me because many of us, you know, idolize uh, Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon as these, rightfully so, you know, they are the technology pioneers. It's the mecca. The mecca of design. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that there aren't still office politics to be navigated, even at the highest levels. Um, and so he was kind of ta- he was kind of airing his dirty laundry, but he is pissed off. This guy. Yeah, so he, he talked about how it was there was incentivizations for other products to integrate with Google Plus and how there was, you know, money attached to these integrations and and all these different things that you know, if you if you are not careful and, and really if you don't really treasure the challenge from other people on your ideas, uh, and you instead decide that whether it's by way of your soft power uh, as far as influence or your hard power as far as you know your title um if you are not if you don't appreciate critique uh how you can end up building a product that nobody cares about and nobody wants i believe that there is 
a version of Google Plus or some social networking software that Google could have built that would have been valuable. Would it have been Facebook? Would it have done what they wanted it to do? I don't know. But I think that if they had the right product leadership in place at the time, they could have built something. Um, I, they probably even had the people there who might have had the ideas or been able to ask the right questions that had other people have the ideas to build something that, that was worthwhile. But if you close yourself off and say, I'm the exec on this project and we're doing it my way, um, it, I feel like the positive outcomes for that are pretty rare. And and I think it's one of those things, too, that I think as a... As a and I, I've never, <clears throat> I'm not a, a, you know, a social psychologist and I don't understand how, how uh, you know, motivations and, and, and likability and I'm bought into this thing really manifest. Yeah. But think about it. I mean, Facebook is what has been a juggernaut ever since it came on the scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that Twitter even was a number two player in that whole world. I mean, Twitter had to kind of carve its own space out, like kind of be in this halfway, like an independent newsy, you know, headline, you know, opinionated kind of, kind of storytelling environment. Yeah. Um, that's the only reason why it gained traction. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, Facebook was Facebook. I'm not a fan of Facebook. Don't like it. It just never worked for me. Um, other people have made big business off it and mm-hmm. love it. And it's great, whatever. That's cool. They've done amazingly well as a company. But I don't know if there was room for another social platform out there, no matter how good it would have been. Yeah. No matter who came along with it, right? Um, I know, uh, what was it? Was it Ing, um, I think, uh, was, a, was a social platform that was big amongst college students, I think, for a while. At the same time, a buddy of mine had, had, had used it. You had, obviously, Google+. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty more platforms that popped up. I know Kara Swisher um, talks about um, uh, this guy who has a social platform that's big in Brazil. He mm-hmm. keeps touting, hey, it's big in Brazil. <laughs> like, yeah, but you're not Facebook, bro, so give it up. Yeah. You know, but so there's other, a lot of other platforms, but I just don't think that once Facebook hit that status, bro, sheesh. You know, it's like when I grew up, as far as like movie superheroes, mm-hmm. it was Superman yeah. and Christopher Reeve. That was it. There was no room for anybody else to come on that stage. Christopher mm-hmm. Reeve owned Superman. Yeah. You know, so it's like at that time until unfortunately the movie started tapering off and we went to a whole different genre. And then when we kind of resurrected the Marvel mm-hmm. series of, of superhero movies, I mean, you know, Spider-Man came along and Batman kind of had a stint, um, but it never reached like, in my opinion, I mean, it never reached that kind of status that Superman had for decades back in the 70s and 80s yeah star wars is another one right yeah sure you had star trek Battlestar galactica and you had trekkies and i'm sure trekkies and star wars Uh they're about to come after you now you know what i'm saying (laughs) but you can you can i think we can agree with all the space movies and series star trek and star wars Mm -hmm. hands down just dominated the space yeah there's no room for anybody else you had some other fringe players i think that um, google plus just kind of might have been a victim of timing yeah you know what I mean? If they would have been the first to market, even though it wasn't really that good, mm-hmm. the circles thing was kind of weird, and I could never figure out how to really <laughs> connect with anybody on it. Yeah, Zuckerberg just nailed it with his the way he brought people into the fold, you know. And uh, you know, anyway, so um, it, it's interesting to see, uh, even in that little article, it kind of looks like you know that that, and I, I didn't read it; all, I just skimmed mm-hmm. it when you sent it, but. That, that, that designer that was on Google Plus recognizes that even though it wasn't the, the greatest product in the world, it did help develop him into the, 
the, mm-hmm. the, the designer he is today. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of cool too, right? Something will, something good can come out of these tough and tricky situations, that's for sure. So don't give up on it. Remember, there's more to it than just designing the next amazing thing. Yeah. You are there to help be a part of a team, learn, cultivate, you know, uh, uh, good collaboration, solve problems at various levels. So, you know, don't forget the, the, the overall opportunities to win. That's interesting. And, and I think, you know, something that harkens back to our experience together um, I have been commended in my current position for um, the way that I have been able to navigate the political landscape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is due in large part to the experiences that I've had in, 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 in the past um, totally. at, at different locations where I, I you know, was uh, required to learn how to do that. Right. Um, and even, you know, in, in not to say that, that my situation was a bad one, but even in those situations where you feel challenged or you feel that, um, not challenged in a good way, but challenged in a bad way, or you feel that, you know, you're having to deal with a lot of politics that you don't want to deal with and you just want to get down to the design. Ultimately, there is always going to be egos to navigate and expectations to manage uh, because you're working with humans. So the faster you understand how to navigate those waters, the more likely it is that you'll be a successful product designer or, or business person in general mm-hmm. um, because you'll be able to understand what buttons you need to push and where you need to lean in and where you need to lean back um, to get your product built. And again, kind of going back to that architecture example, thinking of all the different layers you have to navigate through to go from, from, from architectural drawing to finished building and all the different egos and, you know, even mm-hmm. navigating different budgets and different uh, legislation and regulations, you know. So learning, uh, learning how, to, how to work in the political landscape is, is, is vital, even if, you know, it, it's ultimately an environment that you choose to leave, as the designer who I mentioned, Morgan Knudsen, decided to leave the Google Plus environment. Uh, I think he notes that without that experience, he wouldn't be who he is today. For sure. I mean, one, one, one example or a couple examples. So number one, a friend of ours that we know just moved to DC to take on another job. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just texting with him the other night and uh, he mentioned that he had to learn a very hard lesson as Mm -hmm. a new young leader in in this environment. Right. And you know, he's working through it, but you know, he's like, wow, I didn't think that I was dealing with these kinds of people. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that my actions would get that kind of a reaction. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's part of it, right? You're, you're going to learn, you're going to grow, and you're going you're gonna to go through stuff. Um, and, and I think that's huge. I think we've talked about um, Steve Jobs where, you know, back in the days, YouTube is great for Steve Jobs videos for anybody <laughs> that, that wants to go look them up. Um, but he was in a, 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 a one of his, you know, presentations, and a guy came out of the audience and basically was just cutting him down the size and asked a very backhanded question to him. And Steve Jobs had to sit there and ponder the diss that this guy just laid on him <laughs> and he had to be poised mm-hmm. and respond in a way and it was masterful he said you know what i mean he sat there for a good 30 seconds i think i mentioned this before on another episode but um and he said that guy's right mm-hmm. you know he is absolutely right we are xyz and i have been xyz but that doesn't change the fact that we're trying to figure out how to sell multiple billions of dollars of X, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like he addressed it and he admitted his shortcomings. And sometimes that's necessary. It's like, wow, you know what? Okay, I didn't handle that well. Yeah. Damn, okay, great. 
But you know what? That's not the end of it. Yeah. I'm not going to lose my job. I'm not going to get fired. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, ah, I made a mistake. I'm human. And, and that's another thing, right? If you open yourself up and be vulnerable, when mistakes happen, you get a pass. Mm-hmm. If you walk around like you're the smartest person in the room and you can't listen to anybody else's opinion and you don't accept that you can be wrong, mm-hmm. when it does slap you, people are actually cheering for you to get a beat down. Yeah. People are cheering for you to get it wrong and cheering for it to fail. Yeah. When you're part of a team and you're genuinely working to be you know, part of something greater and help other people achieve a goal and, and things like that, that's where you want to be. Yeah. You'll get more love, more accolades, more opportunities, more good performance reviews in Q3. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Things go your way. You grow. You have a better career all in all. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to work with a number of a few different uh, leaders, yourself being one and and my current leader um, being another who are really open to um, wanting to collaborate and wanting to hear you out and wanting to understand how to best support you. Um, And they're they're obviously in in the big chair and they're responsible for, you know, their section of the business. So they do have the kind of authority to say this is the direction that we're going. Right. And set the ship kind of with a firm, a firm hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've found that that kind of humility and saying, listen, I need all of your, I need all of your ideas. Right. Uh, I need all of your input. I need you to tell me what you think. How can I improve? How can I better serve you? Right. Has really enabled those leaders to be successful because everyone's cheering for them to succeed. We all feel like we're a valued member of the team. We all feel like we're pulling Rowing in the same direction. Yeah, you feel like you're part, you, you were hired to participate and help. Yeah. Not hired to come in and save the day. Right. And young designers, I was having a conversation with uh, 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 someone last night, and I've seen something that's been kind of troubling in that younger designers, and again, this is just a naivete of youth, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. But you come into the game thinking that you've got all the answers because you just taught in school. And you're going to come out here into the corporate world or the agency world or freelance world and you're going to solve it all. Yeah. And it takes you a few years sometimes to step back and recognize, wait a minute, not only do I not have all the answers, all the answers aren't what's even required. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm here as a team player. I'm the lineman or I'm the point guard or I'm the left wing or, you know, I'm the water boy or It's like you're part of a team. You're part of a collective. Right. You know, and I think the sooner we all understand that step back, I think we'll add more value to the design community in total and to all the projects, clients, and partnerships we're, we're working with. Yeah, and that kind of goes back again to that idea of, you know, not of being able to accept critique and, and not saying this is the way and, you know, uh, being defensive when you receive feedback but saying, okay, Okay, you know, maybe, oh, that's just like you said, clarifying and and things of that nature. Yeah. So we discussed uh, in episode 10, we we briefly mentioned that we are live in in living color. Um, We're working through some new ideas and new iterations for formatting for this um, podcast. Yep. And so um, we're we're still working through some of those things. Yep. And we're going to figure out how to... Um, best reach our audience. I know we have a few loyal listeners here. <laughs> I think we have a we have tons of loyal listeners. <laughs> I think we have a vision tons for re- tons relative where we want to go um, and how we want to get there. Yep. So 
this is another chance for us to kind of understand how to iterate on a project and how to receive feedback and, and how to do better, um, how to make ourselves grow. And, I, and that's one of the things I really appreciate about this is kind of this creative endeavor, endeavor that we get to do together. So no, I'm loving it. Yeah, we've been shooting some some videos here on a, on the on the iPhone um, back and forth, and we'll see where we what we do with those. But yeah. Um, episode 11 and we're still we're still you know wanting to iterate and figure out how to get better so that's right cool more more to see soon but i always enjoy our conversations absolutely definitely a good time thanks for listening to stay up to date with all things colored by design you can subscribe to us on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify and anchor.fm and we would really appreciate your feedback so please leave a comment or rating on your platform of choice